Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. T-C-O-B. Take care of business. You know, when you're playing the Detroit Pistons, one of the worst teams in the Eastern Conference, and you're at home, that's what you should do. You should T-C-O-B. And tonight, Matthew, the Suns did just that. They took care of business, defeating the Detroit Pistons by, what, 17 total points? Yes. 92. That's how you do it, my friend. That's how you do it. T-C-O-B. Take care of that booty. Shave it, dissect it, whatever you got to do to make it look good. Dissect it? (laughs) Like wax it, maybe, you know? Yeah, there you go. Don't dissect butts. (laughs) Doesn't make any damn sense. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't. Oh, man. It's going to be a fun show tonight. My friend, it's going to be a fun show tonight. (laughs) Welcome, everybody. Uh, welcome everybody to the Suns Jam Session podcast. He's Matthew. I'm John. They were the Phoenix Suns. The game is final, and you know that when the game goes final, we go live to talk about what we saw this evening. It's going to be a nice, easy podcast because they were pretty much in control yeah. the entire game. After the first timeout, there was a little kind of lackadaisicalness from the Phoenix Suns. Dev Booker started chewing out his teammates, and they they went on a run and. It, it wasn't close after that, and that's what you like to see. These are the games where you don't want to play the level of the competition. This is the Suns who played the Detroit Pistons earlier in the year and played them well, but gave up a lead in the third quarter and ultimately lost the game in overtime. None of that happened tonight. You have to leave this feeling good. Yeah, no, we feel great, dude. And the thing with, with the hats, Daniel Dorte. Um, John's actually matching because it's Orange Friday, right? So I'm Precisely. wearing the wrong stuff. I don't have an orange hat. I have an orange shirt, but it's dirty. So unless someone wants to buy me a new shirt, then I'll have something for Friday. But anyways, yeah, we can relax tonight. You know, it's it's great. We can just enjoy tonight and talk freely. Just enjoy the jamsters and just we, hang out tonight. We dude. can just dissect some butts and <laughs> talk about what's <laughs> upcoming for the Phoenix Sun. So a great win. <laughs> Definitely a lot to talk about as per usual. You never know who's going to show up on the podcast, so stay tuned to all the Jamsters. I see Matthew's cracked open an ice-cold water, so I guess it's a Friday night. Yeah. I'm drinking because I do. Oh, man. <laughs> there we go. But, so the let's, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's talk about the Phoenix Suns, baby.
The Phoenix Suns come home to Phoenix Suns Arena and their first of seven games all against Eastern Conference teams is against the Detroit Pistons, a team that they lost to by five points earlier this season in overtime. So coming into this game, I got to know, Matthew, mm-hmm. where, where were you when you heard the amazing news that Frank Kaminsky was going to be getting the start? I was right over there on the couch. Okay. I was like, hell yeah, I liked it. I mean, my first reaction was I like it because Cam Johnson to us, to me especially, I've always thought he belonged on the bench. So, and last time we talked in the pod, we were talking about Frank coming in the game, playing with Aiden, being the big body down, down below the basket that we needed. So it looks like that's what Monty was trying to do, but anything to get Cam on the bench, get him rolling, that's what it did. What were your reactions, John? Well, it was interesting because at the very end of the last game against the Pelicans, you saw the Suns and Monty Williams deploy a lineup that included DeAndre Ayton and Frank Kaminsky. And as we mentioned on the last pod, there was a 6-0 run right off the bat. I think it took the New Orleans Pelicans out of their game a little bit. The Twin Towers, the daunting task of trying to get through Frank and DeAndre Ayton was a little too tough for them. So knowing that Jay Crowder wasn't going to be in this game, that he would be sidelined apparently in pajamas tonight. I don't know if you saw that. He looked good. He looked like he was ready to read me a bedtime story. Yeah, but he looked awesome, man. Yeah. <laughs> He's definitely getting laid tonight. So he, he has the, he had the glasses on, he had the pajamas on. Uh, but knowing that <laughs> that was the the case, I was wondering earlier today, well, are they going to start Cam or are they going to move him back to the bench? Like there's no way they're going to start Big Frank, are they? But then you think about the matchup. You think about the Detroit Pistons, they're a team that is slow across the board. They don't have a lot of athleticism, and when you have Plumlee and an aging Blake Griffin at your 4 and 5, starting Frank Kaminsky might potentially be an answer. Of course, they released the lineups. You saw that, and you're like, you know, the first reaction I had was just that. Okay, this makes sense. Not in every game, but against a bad Pistons team that's only won five games and has an aging, slow front line, this makes sense. It does. Um, but I was thinking that as a different different perspective. was really, you know, I think they just wanted Cam Johnson to go back on the bench and get things going. I don't know if that's a little weird to think that, but I mean, Frank, he handled business again. So usually it's like, you know, if a guy moves from the bench to the starting lineup, it's like there might be a little bit of issues. And I don't feel like he really had to adjust that much. He was still playing the same game he was playing um, when he was on the bench. But then Camp Johnson, when he goes to the bench, it's a whole different player. But it wasn't just the bench. It was mostly just him taking the ball to the rim, the pump fakes. Even when he was wide open, he would take the ball to the rim. And that's exactly what I've been wanting to see. I feel like a lot of sons want to see that consistently. Even if he's wide open for three, get into a groove, work on your game. You know, you can do that. You're a big body. You can move down there and get there quickly if he wanted to. And he did tonight. And I was really impressed with that. I mean, did you think that with Cam going to the bench, he would pick up this quickly to get back into like a good scoring groove? Well, we both were very adamant on the fact that we thought that Cam Johnson should be coming off the bench regardless. Uh, Knowing that on the first team offense, he is the fifth scoring option. Whereas coming off the bench, he becomes the first or second scoring option. And the, def- the level of defender he's going to face on the first team is going to be somebody who's a little bit tougher to get past, to get your shot off. It, it takes you out of your groove. And he had a groove earlier in the season. Uh, the Fanning the Flames podcast was talking about that. Uh, Justin brought up, there's two players. Uh, you know, Let me give you two different stats. Tell me who the better player is. And 
essentially one was bench Cam Johnson and one was starting Cam Johnson. And bench Cam Johnson is the better player. And we got to see that tonight. And of course, he comes out. He has a solid start to the game. He ends uh, the game with a a beautiful looking stat line, 14 points on six of 10 shooting. He went one for three from downtown. And, you know, that kind of echoes your point. He has confidence enough to where he can take it to the rim. And when you're playing the second team of other of the opposition, a quick head fake, they're in the air. You're by them. You know, couple that with his six rebounds, and I thought that's one place he really exerted himself tonight. And and I know it's not necessarily a stat that's always uh, a lot, uh, one that a lot of people like, but he was a plus twenty two coming off the bench. I think that's where Cam Johnson needs to be. He's a second year mm-hmm. player who's learning how to become. Eventually, he will be a starter, and he'll have that capability. But essentially, right now, he is most productive, and he showcased that coming off the bench. Yeah, and he he wants to be already more than one-dimensional, I think, as a player. Even if it is his second year, he doesn't really want to be thought of as just a three-point shooter. And then when people look at him, they're like, well, he's not shooting very well from three, so what else What else the hell can he do? You know, They, they say it just like that. What else the hell can Cam Johnson do? What Literally, else the hell? He can do a lot, and I think he's trying to prove that, that he's not just one-dimensional. That was really impressive to me, and I'm glad. I hope it sticks. I hope Cam can just find his way on the bench, no matter how bad someone's doing, like Jay Crowder in the starting lineup. Keep him in there. Let's just get back to the basics, really. That's what I'm looking for. I, I completely agree with that, and I think that, unfortunately, Jay Crowder was out, and Frank Kaminsky's mm-hmm. the guy who got the start. But I like that Monty decided to sit Cam and go, you know what? I'm going to need some offense from my second team. I know that Cam Johnson can provide that. And ultimately, that was the correct decision. That's what he ended up doing for it this was. team. You, you look, though, uh, initially, it was another kind of sleepwalking start for the Suns. Uh, they went up, I think it was like 8-2. to two. They gave up an 8-0 run. Uh, you know, one thing I noticed kind of early, and I got to ask you this question, is do you feel like Book and Paul – don't necessarily always look for DeAndre Ayton on pick and rolls. I guess what this could classify <laughs> technically as our official Ayton Watch 2021. Because there's plenty of times in which I saw, at least especially early on, where they were doing high pick and rolls and Ayton would be wide open and there was no attempt to even try to get him the ball. They were looking for outlet passes and three-pointers. Yeah. And then there was one play where Chris Paul had DA wide open under the basket for it felt like a minute, finally threw him the ball down there. <laughs> By the time the defender gets there, DA puts it up three times and and does get the points, but it's just like he was there so much earlier. Are, are they not keen in on him enough or, or am I missing something there? No, they're not. I mean, just like he is kind of catching the ball, they're very inconsistent with it. Today, I feel like DA had a hard time catching the ball. But I I wish it was more like, you know, a quarterback looking for like his receiver on a route. It's like as soon as you hit that screen, as soon as you have the roll, as soon as he posts up somebody and you're just standing there, either Booker or Chris Paul, because they do that. They just stand there and they'll watch him. They'll look at him, look at the rest of the offense, stop the ball. Things get stale, and then he'll sit there, and it's too late, like you said. But if they can have, they can find a way to where they know where to pass the ball at a certain position, to where either he's rolling to the basket or he's gonna he's gonna post somebody up. I would rather them do that. I mean, it has to be not. It's probably not that simple, of course, but it's just they have to find ways to give him the ball. But tonight, I felt like he was really. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, just kind of a hollow game for Aiden. I mean, he he put up the decent stats, whatever, but. Just nothing very impressive. I mean, if we're doing eight and watch right now, it's just he he just didn't seem to really care as much. But I mean, it's fine against the Detroit Pistons, but it's the other teammates too. This whole starting offense is just still trying to find itself, and it's still kind of frustrating because 
I look forward to the bench more than I do the starting lineup right now because they are playing like individual basketball almost. Chris Paul, of course, he'll find the guys, but it just seems like it seems like Booker to me is playing like on a different planet almost. And he'll I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know if you can back me up with that one. But I mean, well, what did I, you I, so before I, we go into Booker? I mean, you can tell me what about Aiden. Well, but I, th- I think you're right there uh, with the, the second squad. You know, it's, it's hashtag Sun Super Second Squad. I get more excited when they come in because I know there's going to be some productivity. I'm almost yeah. counting down to about two minutes left in that first quarter because I know wherever we're at, we're probably going to put some sort of cushion in there. Uh, Aiton, for me, looked pretty aggressive early on. He ended the first half with eight points and eight rebounds, and it looked like he was going to kind of uh, excel in the second half. Uh, he really didn't necessarily need to, considering the lead that they developed. He didn't score a second half point, but he had 13 boards, so he ended with eight and and Aiton uh, Aiton <laughs> ended with eight and 13. Uh, was a plus 23 on the night. Did have the five turnovers, which you don't want to see, but a lot of that was because uh, down low they were just, they, I mean they were slapping his hands left and right. I don't think he was necessarily getting the calls. Uh, you're you're right. You know, not necessarily the most aggressive game, and you know again. As soon as Suns fans can recognize that DeAndre Ayton isn't going to be our second scoring option every night, that he needs to be somebody who plays defense, rebounds the ball, and gets it out to the wings, and they can push the ball, and and we can uh, hopefully stop the opposition, we'll be a lot more happier Suns fans. We all want him to go for 25 and 12 every night. I predicted before the game, I said he's going for 24 and 12. Uh, you know, eight and 13 isn't necessarily what you want to see from your first overall pick from two years ago. But again, a young player who's in his third year who w- had a productive game against a shitty team and we won, I'm not going to complain. Now, we're definitely going to be tested in our upcoming games when you take a look at the schedule because Joel Embiid's coming to town. Giannis is coming to town. You're going to have the Cleveland Cavaliers have who have an extremely large front line and Andre Drummond and JaVale McGee and Jarrett uh, Allen. So there's going to be a lot of uh, opportunities for DeAndre to have those games and to be completely relied upon down low. Uh, We'll see how those games go. But in this game, knowing that he was more athletic than uh, Plumlee, he had a game that is acceptable. I'd like to see more, of course, but we did win, and I think that's all that matters. Yeah, and he hides a lot. I feel like tonight, especially on the offensive end, like when he would roll or just get to his spot, it seemed like he wouldn't get to his spot, but get behind the spot to where he was supposed to be. I don't know if that's the way they're looking at it now when they look at film, but he just seemed like he was hiding behind the offense a lot. Like he didn't want to get too involved and they weren't passing the ball too when he was open, but I saw more of just DA and maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like he was kind of hiding away just taking the night off away on offense and just well, trying to get to the, get down below the basket, maybe get an offensive tip in or something, but he wasn't there. He wasn't open as much as I feel like a lot of people are saying. Well, note that he was four from 11 from the field, but a lot of those were little tip ins and him getting those rebounds and trying to put the ball back in because yeah. he, he did end with five offensive rebounds. I think three of them were on that play that I referenced earlier. So again, Aiton, I'm, I'm not, worried as probably a lot of people are because again as long as we win and we know that he has the potential and he's showcased that this year if we have to rely on every on deandre in every game we're fucked i mean yeah but i miss that i miss those four games where i was like i was like aiden's the only guy i can trust right now on this team offensively and defensively that was like for four games and that felt great dude i just want that feeling back again 
Yeah, well, I think we all, we all do as Suns fans, and especially as Aiton defenders, I want it just to, you know, kind of shushes some people on Twitter, yeah. you know, but I mean, it's just kind of, that's that's the way we'll play right now. Again, if we win, we win. Uh, as Blaze Megatron says in the chat, good defensively, meh, on offense tonight for Aiton. I think that's a fair assessment. Uh, Grim Rippa says he was so, so not good. I mean, it was a bland game for Aiton. We do Aiton watch for a reason because yeah. we're always keyed into him because that's kind of the running topic on Sun Twitter. But he truly wasn't necessarily the story tonight for the Phoenix Suns. The story tonight is just how this team made some adjustments. I mean, essentially, you look at how after an 8-0 run, Devin Booker started reaming his teammates out. Uh, that led uh, That was after the first time out. He's reaming out his teammates. The Suns in the first quarter had six uh, turnovers, and that led to 11 of Detroit's 24 first quarter points. The Suns had one mm-hmm. turnover in the second quarter, and they ended the game with a total of 21 turnovers. 21 turnovers against a shitty team is not what you want to do. But the Suns survived yeah. it because it's a shitty team. Yeah, you wish like these games maybe would go in reverse where the – not not in reverse to where you would just start the bench, but just in reverse to where the bench comes in already, and then you can start the game there, and then the offense, the first team can come back in. That would be nice because I feel like it just takes them forever right now to really get started. It's kind of scary because a lot of these teams are going to play, like you said, coming up at home. It's going to be tough, and you can't get down to them. Even though they're from the East, and the East record versus the West isn't as good, there's more talent out there in the East right now, but the Suns have to watch out with these starts. There's no reason really for it. They just got to get into it. No more. I know I say Aiden needs to have the ball every possession at least once to get used to his offense in a way and just get comfortable. But just get out there and get fucking comfortable. You know, just yes. start balling, dude. Isn't it funny how the Suns win by 17 and here we are just like picking them apart? Oh, no. <laughs> like, yeah. Listen, they're turning the ball over too much. Aiden is playing lackadaisical. It, it was a crappy game. You know, it was like it wasn't. I know they won by a lot, but the. the this the Pistons miss a lot of wide open shots, a lot of wide open threes. If this is exactly. any other team, this would have been close, maybe another close loss for the Suns. But well, you look at the Pistons, they shot 37.4% from the field overall and only 19% from three Disgusting. point land. Six seven for 36. The Suns were 37% with 12 from 32 from deep, 49% yeah. overall. So they shot well. It wasn't necessarily the Suns shooting tonight, and that's the reason they won this game is they didn't shoot themselves out of this game. But if they hadn't had Devin Booker and Chris Paul go off in the fourth quarter, put up 10 points each to pad it, uh, Detroit could have come back and made this game a little scary. So it is one of those things where you get excited because you get a win. You're now 12 and nine, six seed in the Western conference. Of course, this is where you want to be. You want to be in, in the playoff conversation versus you know, the 11th or 12th seed looking up like we have been for the past yeah. 10 years. But at the same time, we know that this is not a perfect product. And we know that, yes, we are playing the top four seeds in the East. We play in the next six games. We play the the Celtics. We play the Bucks. We play the Sixers. We play the Nets all at home. Yes. But still, these are going to be challenging games. If you're turning the 21 turnovers, you can't do that. I don't care if it is the Pistons. And we were talking about it on the last podcast. They aren't necessarily bad turnovers. They're not just throwing the ball into the the stands for no reason. They're turnovers in which they're trying to force the ball and do things of that nature. But still, it's it's something that I I wish we would see less of with this team, especially with a leader like Devin or I'm sorry, Chris Paul. Careful, <laughs> <laughs> he's not a leader yet. Yeah, <laughs> he tried on to the be court. today after after that uh, 
after yeah. reaming out his team, you know. I miss, but, uh, I must have missed that part. Sorry, you keep talking about it, but I must have missed that. Henry, I don't know if he's yelling at the refs half the time or his teammates. So <laughs> he's always yelling at somebody. Always, yeah, always getting those red cheeks going. You know, <laughs> these bad boys. <laughs> he's, he gets he gets pissed. <laughs> Me I don't blame him sometimes. Today, dude, I don't know. Yeah, you you, you dissect the cheeks, man. Dissect the <laughs> cheeks. Um, of course, Cam was more uh, uh, effective off the bench. Um, not stagnant on either end of the floor, which is huge. Uh, I, I want to talk about Damian Jones. Okay. Yeah. Damian Jones is not good. God, I feel like this is such a negative podcast, Matthew. You're oh. the one leading it, right? I mean, you usually always lead the podcast. So you're the one coming in with these. Right, Damian no, Jones. What, no, what do you think Damian too. Jones is? Is he good? No, I mean, he never plays. And honestly, when he did play, he wasn't very good. So I guess, I don't know. I hate to say any NBA player is not good and he sucks. I just hate doing that because they're really good. It's just for NBA, Sanders, no, he's not good right now. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, bad, bad rebound positioning, poor rotations, lacks quickness. Uh, you know, I asked myself, is he someone the Suns can replace? He's on a two-year, $3 million deal. So he's making $1.7 million this year. So obviously he was a contract filler at the back end. You were hoping that he would provide some defensive prowess, shot block, blocking ability. Even on like the alley oops, he's not throwing him down. So it's like, what is his now? Now, granted, there there's injuries to this team that are forcing yeah. him to get some minutes right now. Dario Saric obviously being gone again, still is hurting the Suns. But I think what a lot of Suns fans are asking, and maybe you can assist with the answer on this one, Matthew, is why are we seeing Damian Jones instead of Jalen? Uh, Smith. I was I mean, just going to ask you that. You too, can't yeah. get worse than Damian Jones, so why can't Jalen get a little playing time? You know what? I don't know. I think Damian Jones puts his body. He maybe he just puts his body in the right space on the court. Hold on, I gotta. Hold on, I gotta get rid of this. Again, ESPN. Real quick, uh, Fabio in the chat. Damian Jones is a two-time NBA champion. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But no, he puts his body in the right <laughs> spots on the court. I feel like just for like tips offensive rebound chances keeping the ball alive stuff like that so i don't really know sticks game too much yet because we still haven't seen a lot of them i was hoping tonight to see him a lot i mean even when it's the second quarter and we're up by 15 17 throw them in the, at those times i feel like because if even if they give up like they usually do they gave up a lead that big lead to like nine or something later on at least he has some playing time. At least it's meaningful instead of at the end of the game, which I didn't really care to even watch him play. Cause I mean, he knows it's just like meaningless minutes too. He's still trying to prove himself, but in actual moments where he needs to keep the lead alive going into the half, that's, that's where I want to see him play. I just, I don't know about Damian Jones cause he never plays. I mean, what do you think about sticks and what the situation really is? What's really going on? Because when you see Halliburton and you're seeing David, Devin Fassell, right now playing like kind of key roles, you know, backup roles with their mm -hmm. teams, but consistent minutes, it does suck. I mean, it's not like the whole Luca Aiton thing, but it kind of sucks because those are two guys that we liked and I don't know. Yeah. Don't know. That's, that's the challenge because right now I feel like there's plenty of opportunity for the pick and we were hoping that it would be justified at some point, seeing as we were more interested in other players. We're like, okay, Jalen Smith, it's all part of the master plan of James Jones and who knows, maybe it still is. Yeah, but the opportunities are currently there, and he's not currently getting them. And I get it. I've said this before. I, I know that Damon Jones is lost on defense. I know it. I know he has some offensive capabilities too. I know it. I've seen it. But maybe he's so lost on defense that they are too afraid to even put him in for a five-minute stretch in the third and take those Damon Jones minutes because, I mean, you, you can't. Again, you can't do much worse than what Jones is doing. The guy had 15 minutes. He had five fouls. He's a walking yeah. foul. Yeah. 
walking foul. He 0 for 2 from the field, didn't do much. Uh, he's one of our only guys on the team who was a negative plus minus on a day where everyone on the team was a plus. I mean, it's just it's it's early in this guy's career. It's early in his development. He is essentially the last guy on the bench right now who, and I didn't expect to see a bunch of him. Like Tyrese Halliburton, uh, Devin Vassell, these guys are part of, parts of teams where they have to be vital to the success of that team. They spent that lottery pick knowing that that was going to have to be what could have pushed them over the top. The Suns mm-hmm. drafted Jalen Smith and then filled the roster with fantastic veterans, which we will get to talk about here uh, shortly. So I'm not uber upset that I'm not seeing Jalen Smith, but I feel like there's opportunity there, and it'd be nice to see what we have. I want to I want to yeah. see what's under the hood. I want to inspect the butt. Yeah, inspect that butt. But <laughs> before you do, I think the reasoning behind not drafting those guys is because we have Mikhail, we have Cam, you know, at the wing spots, and then we have. And I think, I mean, Monty and James Jones just probably believe in Cameron Payne. So that's probably the reasons they didn't take those guys. I'm Agreed. thinking because maybe we, because we have those other guys long-term and we want to give them more minutes. But then of course with a weird season and now we don't have, we have a backup point guard, but J- Javon Carter's not playing. Um, it would be nice to have like a Halliburton in there right now. It would be, but the Nader, another guy that they love. So I don't know. I mean, they probably just looked at it a different way, but I would have loved at least Vassell, but whatever. Yeah. I, we are being very negative. Oh, I'm very sorry, guys. <laughs> I know. It's a 17 going win. on. It must be the weather changes. You know, it keeps going cold, hot, cold, hot. I know. It's like 80 degrees one day. It's 60 the next. I don't yeah. know. It's that, that horrible Phoenix weather. But I think <laughs> it is, you know, Grim Ripa keeps bringing this up in the chat. Pass the ball to Galloway, please. Yes, that guy is amazing. He's been talking about this guy. in the chat. And shout out to Grim. You know, he's talking about it. Why don't the Suns pass the ball more to Galloway? He is such an offensive firepower. He proved it again tonight when he came out. Yeah. And, and, you know, again, in the first matchup, he had 17 points, and they pretty much all came in the first half. And in this game, it was really him and Etwan Moore who had really mm-hmm. solid performances and helped the Suns' second-team unit be as productive as we like to see. Langston Galloway ended with only five points, two for two from the field. I mean, they, they <laughs> were they freezing him out against his old team? What was going on? I don't know, but I liked, he hit one three and looked back at the bench and gave him a little something. That I think, yeah, it was his only three-pointer. Um, there's something I don't know. I don't know because every time he has the ball, I feel great, whether it's in the post, whether it's mid-range, whatever, because he did the pump fake for three, moved up to mid-range, and he's solid from there. So he can score from wherever, really. I mean, getting to the rim is not really his technique, but you saw that from Etwan Moore today to where he was actually looking more comfortable. That's something I mentioned in the last few podcasts where he's getting more comfortable, and he is, and he was running the offense to a degree that was like, you know, a substantial. It was something that I was actually okay with. And he hits some weird looking shots and he can have the floater and play the pick and roll, doing a lot of good stuff out there for the Suns. But the whole Galloway thing, I'm still weirded out by it because I love this guy. That I don't know if he's just, injured. <laughs> he's not injured or something, but why is he only playing like the 14 minutes? And sometimes that's like more than usual, right? Usually he only has like the seven minutes. So yeah, normally he gets like nine in and, and money's yeah. like, yeah, we're good. We don't need guys to score. Exactly. You know, we're going to shoot up a shit, a lot of shitty threes. Like, let's bring in guys who are unconfident right now. You know, let Mikhail shoot yeah. all the threes. 0 for 2 for Ooh, tonight for Mikhail. Damn, and his, stop shooting the freaking threes. His, Sorry. his slump just continues. And Eddie, uh, or who was on the broadcast? Was it who? No, it wasn't Eddie. Eddie. Was Eddie, Eddie on the broadcast? Was, yeah, thank God. Oh. It's been a while since I listened to him because all the prime time. So. Yeah, true, true. And he he made the point, though. He's like, he just, need, he just needs one to go in. Just needs one to go in. And he, you know what? 
No, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Mikhail. Mikhail, yeah. Yeah, he ended up, I'm, I'm sorry, 0 for 3 for Mikhail tonight. Six total points, 0 for 3 from downtown. Uh, he did have nine rebounds and, and four assists and, and play solid defense as always. I mean, you don't expect Mikhail to be a knockdown three-point shooter, but it would be nice if he could knock down a three-pointer every now and then. And I think he's at five in his last, what, seven games now? Five total three-pointers. So, I mean, he has definitely got the yips from downtown. Can't can't make it. He needs to just spend some time in the gym or just every time he gets the ball, pump fake and go to the basket or something, you know, because he, he makes his living cutting to the basket now. It's no longer hitting those threes like he was earlier in the season. Yeah, he looks a little shaken. I would like for next game really just to take the ball to the rim. Even do, just do what Cam Johnson was doing tonight. Even if you're open, just draw the pump fake and take it to the rim, dude. I'm telling you, this game for Cam is going to bring him back, not to like not to like uh, the next level, but to where he was in the beginning of the season and to where people on podcasts, the, the good ringer podcast out there actually talking about Cam Johnson because of how much he improved and how much it was a good pick. He'll get back to that level, I think, here quickly. And that's what McKellen used to do. I mean, that huge 30 was a 32-point game. He had ever since then, he's been a little bit lost and not being very confident in what he wants to do on the court. And it's frustrating because like Aiton, he's kind of hiding on the offensive side. And I don't want to see that. I want to see this whole starting unit Javon Carter, Devin Booker, of course, he he always stands out. And also, Mikael Bridges, I want them to stand out every game. Yeah, but you know what? It's called sport, and that's not the way it happens. You know, we don't win every game. We don't have every guy play well every game. That's yeah. why we have this podcast. Why are we even doing this podcast? This no, because, because, because we're fans of the team, and we want to discuss what we saw tonight. And I like to do this podcast just to make sure I'm not crazy half the time. Mike, am I the only yeah. one who sees the fact that Langston Galloway isn't getting past the ball, but every time he does get the ball, it's like an instant bucket? I mean, he put up like five points in one minute, and then he was out there for another 14, didn't score again, didn't shoot again. That doesn't mm-hmm. make sense to me. And again, it doesn't. It doesn't. You know, now now kudos to Etwan Moore in this game. Etwan Moore had a solid game, ended with a total of 11 points, shot the ball 12 times. He was the second highest. He shot the second most baskets on the team you had both paul and booker shot the ball 14 times each one more 21 minutes 12 field goal attempts went five for 12 from the field but i feel like he was really effective you know he he's doing what he needs to do mm-hmm. uh and filling that gap until campaign gets back and we can't wait for campaign to get back because he's quick he's he's fast he pushes the pace he sets his team up uh you know that's another thing for cam johnson and, and other members of that second team is what made Cam Johnson great early on is he had campaign setting him up and then he was knocking him down. I mean, it was a fun offense to watch. Obviously, he tweaked his ankle. He's been out for quite some time. So Etwan Moore has been filling those minutes. He's been filling those minutes effectively. Yeah, it's nice to see. It, it'd be nice like going to the trade deadline if one of these guys maybe I'm I'm not saying I want to give him up, but just we need help with the boards. We need help under the glass for backup situations. I mean, we've seen it all season, really. Um, so that would be nice if one of these guys, maybe I don't want to trade them. I'm just saying it would be some bait really to get someone they might need to be under the basket heading into the future. So no, completely agree. And I know there's a lot of different trade rumors. I'm starting to hear some, uh, friends and, and, uh, fans of the podcast reach out and, you know, like, well, what do you think about John Collins? What do you think about this player? What do you think about that player? And it's kind of crazy to think about that, but we are just about a month and a half shy of the trade deadline and the Suns are going to have to start addressing some needs. Do you feel that the depth behind DeAndre Ayton and or a solid big is what our number one need is right now? Yeah, definitely. That's the only thing I can really see 
is that. I mean, there's nothing else uh, we're really missing besides like consistency on the team. We just need someone that can help DeAndre. But I mean, it was going to be Jalen Smith. I, you know, you thought until he's out there and he looks like Mikael Bridges in a way. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's not it's not him right now. So they need to find something. Yeah, and it's, it again, we don't have a lot of cap room to do those kind of things. Uh, I don't want to necessarily give up draft picks, although I really don't care about draft picks right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, at, at this point, we just we can uh, we can pass on draft picks. What did you think about that seven point possession? I don't know if I've ever seen that before where CP three was fouled on a three. Oh my God. Good old Josh Jackson, your boy. It was ruled a flagrant <laughs> one on right? him. Yeah. All-star Josh Jackson. As Matthew I, I always say. Uh, and then cam hit a three after CP three hit the foul shot. It was a seven point possession. Have you ever seen that before? You know what? I have never seen it because when Chris Paul was found, they were reviewing. I went to the can and was taking a little tinkle and I missed the whole freaking, I don't know how long I was peeing. I must've been standing there for like two minutes. You must have been there for like 10 minutes because you missed the Booker remount. Then you missed this. I mean, I you, you're missing all the good shit that I'm here to talk I, about. Dude, tonight. I, I miss a lot. I don't know. I think I was just staring at the wall the whole game. Um, but yeah, it was amazing to watch, right? It was, it was really <laughs> cool. I've never seen that. That's like the, the Suns scored a touchdown on one possession. They got seven points. I've never seen that. And that's it's good to know that those kind of things can happen. And we have a team that could potentially make it happen. I think John Bloom actually tweeted that out too. He's like, I don't know if I've ever seen that. Uh, how Jeremy, did I miss that? They didn't even show a replay either. I was like, waiting. I'm like, how do we have one? Just one. I must have missed that one too. Wow. You just, I won't tell you what I was really doing. All right. I'll yeah. Well, what were you in the for so long, man? You think you shake it more than you shake it more than three times. You're playing with it. <laughs> uh, you look at Jeremy Grant. He started to cook a little bit in the third quarter. And, you know, thankfully the Suns weren't hurt by Jeremy Grant as much as they were in their first meeting. Seven for 16 from the field, a total of 21 points, two rebounds, one assist. Wasn't overly yeah. effective. No one truly on the Detroit Pistons was. Uh, but Jeremy Grant, obviously somebody who's averaging 23 points a game this year. Is he an all-star? No, he's not. He he won't make it. I mean, there's no way, right? This team is just totally terrible. There's a lot of talent out there in the East right now. There's just no way he's going to make it. Is he a potential all-star one day? Oh, yeah. I think so. If this team could turn it around, they would have kept like Christian Wood. Um, I don't know if Derrick Rose was actually healthy. Who knows? They might be an okay team. But in the future, when they can actually get rid of Blake Griffin, if they can, whenever that's going to happen, and surrounded with more talent, yeah, he can for sure. Yeah, I think that he's definitely he's totally different now. Yeah, totally different player. It's crazy. I mean, he yeah. averaged like 12 points a, a game last year, and now he's averaging 23. But granted, he's playing for a shitty team. You know, he, he's he's here. Here you go. Here you go. You ready? You you ready for this take? He's kind of like Luka Doncic. You know, just he puts Ooh. up really good stats on a really shitty team. Yeah, and that's Jeremy Grant. You know, <laughs> it's a it's a it good stats, bad team guy. That's what Jeremy. He's getting the shots right now. So. uh well, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, no, he is. And like, that's just the thing that the Suns fans have put up with for forever. And I was thinking the other day, we won't talk about Doncic, but Doncic just reminds me now of what Booker was doing before, you know, but he's going to be an all-star where it's just like, he's never, mind, we're not going to talk about Doncic. <laughs> yeah. He brought him up. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> you know, um, is it just me or has for his entire career, Josh Jackson always, does he always go one for two from the line? 
Yeah, he does, doesn't he? Is that doesn't what, he? was it his nickname? There was a that, nickname. Isn't that the one you gave him, like one for two or yeah. something? I always said he should have been number. He should have been number twelve because he was always one for two from the line. Yeah, T.J. Yeah, Warren wore number one. Yep, and that that's back in the day when he played for the Suns because he he could get to the line because Josh Jackson always had the ability to just run and flail towards the hoop with no actual uh, end goal in mind. And then he gets to the line, and he always go one for two from the line. And I honestly like yeah. I, I don't have his stats in front of me, um, but I wouldn't be I wouldn't doubt if he's like a sixty percent free throw shooter. And he went to the line I think twice for a total of four shots tonight. Let me look up his stats real quick. Let's see, Josh Jackson, um, two for five. Oh no, free throws three for six. There you go. He's five hundred. Okay. Typical Josh Jackson. Yeah, I feel bad for the guy. Actually, I kind of feel like he's lost like a really great opportunity to be someone in the NBA. I really think that he had at least a little bit of a skill set to make himself better. And one day he'll wake up. I feel like and just feel terrible about himself, but I hope he doesn't. I hope he's okay. I don't know why I turned this into a suicidal thing. All right. Anyways, you you love Josh Jackson so much. I do actually, you know, he was your boy. You wanted him. Image of Von Carter, the two guys that I picked to be all-stars. Yeah, and hasn't happened yet. Wrong on both, and then I bought the Aiton jersey, and you got a Josh Jackson jersey, and <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> At least I could turn mine into a Sarge jersey. Um, so yeah, this is true. This is true. All right, Matthew, it is that time to ask who is your jam star of the game. And if you're watching along live on the YouTube chat, do us a favor: make sure you subscribe. Make sure you hit the thumbs up button and make sure you tell us who you think the jam star of the game is. Matthew, who do you have for your jam star? I think that's going to be Frank Kaminsky this game. Um, Ooh, I think it a big Frank, Frank, huh? Yeah, Chris Paul and Booker really turned it on in the second half. I mean, they're really second half guys right now. Kaminsky, though, I feel like just filling in the starting role and putting up good numbers and just doing a solid job out there. He was fantastic tonight. I mean, he did. A, he had, he always has a couple arid plays, like I said last pot, last pod. Excuse me, but he was he was solid. He held it together, and I mean, he did just enough to beat the Pistons tonight. So he's my star of the game. What about you? Okay. okay. Um. Well, looking at the chat, uh, we got CP3, Frank the Tank, CP3, Frank the Tank, Big Frank, uh, Booker, Frank. Frank the Tank, Cam Johnson, um, Frank, Frank, Josh Jackson. <laughs> Booker Jones. Josh. I mean, so, so this is one of those games, you know, even though the Suns win by a total of 17 points, yeah. it's it's really is kind of up in the air for interpretation. I'm going to give it to Cam. I really enjoyed seeing Cam go back to the bench and perform and look confident again. Uh, his rebounds, I thought, were big. I mean, he played kind of like a forward today instead of just a wing who stands out there and shoots as a last option on offense. So I'm probably going to be in the minority, and I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, Cam. So yeah, he revived his career. He basically did, right? He did. He did. Well, I I think, you know, this has been a a very negative podcast. For some reason, we win by 17 points and you and I are just bashing the suns and disgusting. We're we're, we're doing just saying all these things that aren't necessarily positives. We should be uh, uber excited. We we beat a shitty team like we're supposed to. So you know (laughs) what we're going to do? We're going to go it. ahead and bring on Zane Zor. He is the official rapper of Suns Twitter. He has a new rap every time the Suns win. Zane yeah. Zor, Mr. Phoenix, Arizona. Welcome to the Suns Jam Session Podcast. How are you doing, my friend? Welcome, man. Yo, what's up, everybody? It's your boy, Zane Zor, man. I'm hyped. I'm hyped. Thank you so much for bringing me on here. 
I got to shout out my man, John Bloom at 98.7. Just made my major market radio debut on Arizona sports with the victory rap. It was a huge major vibe. And uh, I'm just about to post the victory rap on Twitter. So if y'all uh, see this little right here, Zane Zor official, if you haven't seen my raps yet, you know, please come check them out. And if you have, I'm about to post the one. It's happening in real time. Oh, and the thing I'm doing now is I'm hashtagging Devin Booker and NBA All-Star for every single rap so we can get these raps to go viral. I'm saying the Suns retweet this. Bright side of the Suns, everybody. This gets into the Bleach Report. This gets into the whole The Ringer, all that. We're going to get Booker more votes than Kendall Jarrett could get him, bro. That's how <laughs> good. He's more for book than even Kendall can do. I'm trying to get in that spot, in, you know. A, so do yeah. we not get the rap? We don't get the rap. John Bloom got the rap. Yeah. Yep. Okay. He, well, uh... I've been working overtime <laughs> tonight, folks. I've been I've been working overtime tonight. Um, Hell yeah! So when the Suns win, you throw a rap out there. What gave you the idea to do this, man? So I, COVID gave me the idea to do this. Believe it or not, I've been like toying around. I've been rapping for ten years, and just it was just like. You know, I've been working the music business behind the scenes, all the festivals, major labels, all that stuff. And just when COVID hit, like my grandmother died at the same time. God bless her soul. She went on to heaven. And it just showed me it's like, look, man, we're not in control of anything. I'm not in control of anything. I got to do what I believe and I got to unleash. And I can't just sit here and think it's going to be perfect. So whatever. And then, you know, naturally, like, the place for me to start rapping is about the Suns because I love the Suns, man. I mean, I'm Mr. Phoenix, Arizona. I'm saying <laughs> I had to do it. And where did you get that hat? Did you make like, that hat or did you buy it? Man, my mom got me this off of eBay. My That's mom nice. is like the king of Suns eBay. Seriously, anybody who's ever been on eBay has probably been like <laughs> negotiated down so much by whoever, whatever her account is, Zane Zor's mom, 6969 or something. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the rap. Yeah, it's officially live so i would love it if y'all anybody checks out zane zor official uh on twitter and just throw a retweet up throw a vibe check up and if you retweet it it's a it's a vote for booker your friends will love it it's a great rap we're just you know frank the tank went crazy tonight twin towers baby frank and da it's wild so man i just i i i yeah any other questions what else can i do no, that's that's the positivity we needed. We needed that. We needed that. Uh, jump, here's man. the thing. Here's the other thing I'm going to say. I don't know how much you guys have studied like quantum physics, but there's a real deep element to the to the sciences that now shows that physical space actually is not a barrier. Energy travels beyond space, and so we're connected to the suns. Like when we're all watching that game, we're all in this orb of human kind of like deep cosmic energy, and so. Positive, like I, I, I'm screaming and yelling during the games because even though we're not in the stands, it's like, and this is actually the, the final piece of why I wanted to do these raps because otherwise I would be going so crazy at these games. And I felt like I have to contribute to the quantum energy ball of the suns in some way. And so this is one of my ways of doing that. You got to be on the Joe Rogan podcast, man. <laughs> man, uh, if Joe, if you're watching, it's going to be nice to meet you. Yeah, he, he watches all the time. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a big uh, fan of ours. But that's what's going on. Is this? Do you guys record this thing too? You release it? 
Yeah, so this is okay. live right now. And then I'm what we'll vowing do... right now that on Darth Voita and Matthew Lissy, we're going on Joe Rogan to talk about quantum physics and hip hop. Okay. We are on <laughs> Joe Rogan at this moment talking about quantum physics and hip hop. You're gonna have to carry that conversation. I could talk about the Suns all day, but uh, quantum yeah. physics isn't my isn't my that forte. That was amazing. But I gotta <laughs> say, also in terms of bat, I'm not just a hype man. I'm a I'm a hooper. I love basketball. My little brother plays basketball in the valley. I played for a while, and I gotta say, there was some really good stuff tonight. Obviously, Book got it going in the second half. That was real nice to see. CP3, I think, is coming into a more balanced aggressive but not overly so role in the offense but he, he hit some huge shots tonight he wasn't afraid to score but you know I think that balance is coming they're kind of learning to play together and uh you know our man Damian Jones is a beautiful guy I, I don't love watching him play basketball except <laughs> he does have that Kelly Oubre factor he's kept the Suns one of the hottest teams in the league you know from a from a visual perspective <laughs> And what can we say? Frank gets going, man. That man was a beast. That guy's a winner in his blood, man. Don't forget. Don't forget about Frank the Tank. So, you know, I, I think there are some good things tonight. The defense was solid. That stretch of, like, the fourth quarter was just incredible. There, There is some really good stuff going on. Hell, yeah. It was awesome, nice, to, nice to get that win. Uh, of course, you know, let everyone know where they can follow you, where they can hear yeah, this, totally. these victory okay, raps. So- Thank you so much, guys. I seriously appreciate it. And I can't wait to meet you guys at some point. I don't know if y'all were, was anybody, were you or if anybody else watching was on after the bubble game, after the Karis Levert missed his fadeaway and we did not, they did not beat the Blazers and it became clear we weren't going to make it to the playoff, the plan. There was a little Zoom party hosted by Dave. Were you all on yeah. that? Yes. yes. I don't know if that you remember, I hopped in there real quick. Yeah, and I yeah, was I remember like, now. Yo, guys, just so you know, I'm going to be having the anthem for the Suns this year. <laughs> and it's yeah. just cool to be back with you guys. And I, I look forward to hanging in person. Look forward to Valley Boys barbecues. I look forward to some yes. Zoom parties, all kinds of stuff. Like, let's have some fun, you know? And you can find me, just Google Z-A-N-E-Z-O-R. Literally, if you Google those seven letters in a row, Z-A-N-E-Z-O-R, only on planet Earth is me. That's all you're going to find. No paid search right engine on, optimization. Dude. That's just quantum vibrations and calibrations. So I'm glad yeah. here. I'll be back. Go Suns. Go retweet. Zane's yes, official, sir. man. This is for Booker. It's not for me. It's for Booker. Yes, sir. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, Zane, thanks for, thanks for coming on the Suns Jam Session podcast, man. Once we're done here, I'm going to go check out that rap, man. Hell okay. Yeah. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah. Good Take to care. Peace, Have a good everybody. night. Later. See, that's the positivity we need. Zane Zor, man, killing it, dude. Those victory raps are fantastic following the Suns games. He's got the Valley Boys chant, the anthem, you know. So, uh, again, super excited to have him on the podcast. And, you know, a tough act to follow. John Bloom on 98.7, you know, Suns Jam Session. At least we're in the same echelon, so I'll take that. But uh, uh, awesome guy. Great energy, man. Yeah, I I really want to go party at Mill Avenue right now. Like, I'm just pumped. Dude, I'm pumped. Like, let's do this. Okay, so what's next? What's next? Let's see. Uh, up next, we have the Suns <laughs> playing the Celtics on Super Sunday at noon. Yeah. At noon. So we do the Suns jam session predicts. And for this game, we both said a win, right? Yeah, we do. So, for sure. So, so this makes us both now three and three on the season. Um, 
Yeah. Okay. So three and three. So here's what I decided to do. Okay. We're going to add a little bit more weight to this. We're not just going to say who's going to win. So I'm going to ask you these questions. If you're watching along in the chat, let me know what you think as well. As we look at the game on uh, Sunday against the Celtics, first and foremost, Matthew, what are you looking for from the Suns? What, what, what are your thoughts on the Celtics so far this year? I'm actually just looking out for a strong start. That's what they need to do. And I think the game like this, I feel like Aiden does come out and play a little bit, a little bit tougher because it's a more tough opponent. But that's like the whole starting five. But I'm looking for just consistency offensively with that starting five as a whole. You know, I want to see them dominate this team. Which the Celtics have two All Stars on their team. Kemba Walker is he playing? I don't even know if he's playing right now. Is he in this game? Uh, I don't know. I don't think he. I think he's still hurt because they keep talking. Yeah, he's still hurt. So him coming back, of course, in the future would be good, but they're still kind of rolling right now, especially with Jalen Brown. But I just want the offense to start tough against them. And we we kind of own Boston. You know, Booker owns Boston. So this should be a win, right? Well, I mean, we'll see. I mean, they're currently playing the Los Angeles Clippers right now, and it's 106-106. So that's the game they play prior to playing against us. Uh, you look at the standings overall, and the Celtics are currently – a team that's in the Eastern Conference slotted in as the number four seed. They're eleven and nine. So if they win against the uh, the Los Angeles Clippers tonight, they're twelve and nine, just like the Suns. So peaks and valleys with them. Definitely some uh, some. It, it'll be a challenge. I mean, Jalen Brown is playing out of yeah. his mind this season. Jason Tatum's overrated, but he's still playing well. <laughs> uh, he's he's actually properly rated. I feel right now he's really having a decent season. Um, I'm interested to see how this game goes. I'm excited for this game. That's for sure. Cause it's super Sunday. You get to watch the suns and then you get to watch the super bowl, you know, an hour and a half after that. So literally your Sunday could be watch the suns game, watch the suns jam session podcast, run down to circle K, go get a 12 pack of beer. Now yeah, you probably should start your day with that, but then watch the super bowl. So, I mean, it's going to be a great <laughs> yeah. day for sport. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the suns come out and play. I, you're absolutely correct. The start for this game is going to be key because the the Celtics are a team that can get you down and get you down quick. And this isn't one of those games you want to sit and have to try to claw your way back in. This is one of those games you want to sit and trade buckets. You want to have 15 lead changes or go up big and try to defend them off. That's the preferable route. So as you look at it from a Suns Jam Session predicts standpoint, Devin Booker over or under 26 and a half points? Under. You're going under, huh? I'm actually yeah. going to go over on this one, I think. Okay. I Even think though that, I just said he owns the Celtics. Well, that's that's my reason why. I think that he, for some reason, has he, he gets up for playing against them. And although his best performances have obviously come at the uh, what it used to be, where, wherever they fucking play in Boston, the marquee floor in Boston, um, Market Square Arena, I think it is. I don't know. Is that what it is now? I think you, so. TD Watergarden? Oh my god, we're terrible, dude. <laughs> <laughs> TD Water Garden? <laughs> yeah, TD Water Garden, whatever it is. Um, yeah, who cares? It's the Celtics. But at the same time, he owns them on the road. I'm hoping he does the same against them uh, on Sunday. You look at what everybody else is saying in the chat. Blaze thinks it's over. Uh, Brian Herrera thinks it's over 26 and a half point. Blaze yeah. Megatron thinks over 30, so... I'm over. You're under on that one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I've annotated that. We'll discuss this in the next pod. More dunks in the game. Aiden or Tatum? Tatum. Yeah? Yeah, for sure. He'll have two, and Aiden will probably have uh, half a one or one. 
He's gonna have he's gonna have uh, a nice. He's gonna have a Josh roll. Jackson dunk tonight. Where he hits oh, where he gets denied by the rim. Yep. Uh, looking, yeah, TD Garden. That's the name. Who said that? Uh, Alex Kroll. Thank you in the chat. It's TD Garden. That's TD where Waterhouse they play now. Garden. Yeah. TD Waterhouse. Uh, but analytics Garden. <laughs> um, we have people saying Aiton. So I'm going to go with Aiton over uh, Jason Tatum. I think he'll have a couple dunks. I think Jason Tatum is going to stick to the outside shooting. Of course, that's tough because I feel like everybody and their mother gets to the rim against the Suns. For some yeah. reason, I noticed this tonight. Uh, when the Suns play defense, it was like against Blake, Blake Griffin or Miles My- Plumlee. Like we get them, we let them get so embedded in the paint. It's ridiculous. Like, Step two feet out of uh, away from the basket and body guys up. Don't let them get all the way down before you, you try to play defense. I think that's an, obviously an area of opportunity. Um, but yeah, Aiden, everybody's saying Aiden. Blaze Megatron. We got Buddy Boy in the track. He says Aiden as well. So I'm going to go Aiden. You're going to go Tatum on that. Okay, this is going to be interesting. We're going to have some differing numbers after this one. Yeah, we 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 made this happen, though. You know, we scripted this thing. So Yeah, you had no idea this was coming. That's the best <laughs> part about this. And last but not least, who wins? The Suns or the Celtics? Suns. Oh, you say that ever so softly. Was that confidently, though? No. No? <laughs> What's the final I just, score? I think it's going to be 106 to 105. Wow. Okay. Um, God, this is a tough one. It really is. The They're playing right now against the Los Angeles Clippers, which is obviously a very tough team. The top team currently in the West and in the league overall, I believe. Um, or no, the Utah Jazz are now the number one seed. Jesus Christ, this is such a weird year. Uh, yeah, you, you look, you, well, no, they haven't been for a while. Um, let's see. I'm going to say Suns, too. I think the Suns play well against the Celtics. Uh, I remember last year when the Suns played on your birthday and they won, and that was, I think, the last social gathering I ever went to before COVID hit. So I think I'm going to go ahead and say the Suns are going to beat the Celtics. I'm going to use Zane Zor's positive vibes here. I'm going to channel that. And we, we, we take a look at what everybody's saying in the chat. Uh, Laced Bacon says the Suns. Corey Jones says the Suns plus three and a half. Okay, so we can lose and he could still be right. Celtics mm-hmm. maybe, Blaze Megatron. Brian Herrera, Suns for sure. Buddy Boy, Suns. Um, isn't it funny how after we win, we think the Suns are going to win the next game. And after we lost to the Pelicans, we're like, we're going to beat Detroit, I think. <laughs> I'm not 100% sure. Mm-hmm. Suns win with Abdel Nader game winner. I like it. Pyramid Poppy. Uh, Mario Lopez. Suns 107, Celtics 100. So, yeah, I think I, I'm liking the Suns' chances. I think that the team has, especially if Dario's back, and I really want to know what's wrong with Dario because yeah. he was supposed to be back this game and then he injured himself again. It's like, ah, shit. Yeah, what is going on, man? Unless it is COVID or something. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I think it was COVID, man. And then someone examined his butt and he got injured again. It's got to be what it is, man. <laughs> don't, leave me, don't, don't hit me with radio silence, butt. man. Don't Dissecting hit me with radio silence. <laughs> Dissecting, whatever. Um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's going to be a really fun game against the Celtics for sure. That is, it, it's a good litmus test. Who are these Phoenix Suns really? We've yeah. had we we've played to the level of the competition. We've played the Dallas Mavericks when we played against the Denver Nuggets, who was another really good team. We played well. We forced them two overtime games. We didn't have Booker for one of them. We didn't have a lot of our lineup. So I think that there's a lot of opportunity to see who these Suns really are against good competition. Um, as 
Brian Herrera says in the chat, remember the Suns mostly win against good teams. We play good teams well, and we mm-hmm. play bad teams poorly. Tonight we won by 17. Yeah. And we should have. Because the worst team played really worse. That's basically why. They played the worstest. Yeah, they did. They absolutely. <laughs> did. So I'm really excited to see that game, though, on because the Celtics are just one of those teams. It's always kind of nice to stick it to them because you know Bill Simmons is watching, and maybe he'll uh, he'll he'll cry about it on his podcast. Now nah, he won't. It'll be nah. after the Super Bowl. He'll talk about all the money he bet on. Yeah, we gotta, gonna, so are we going to do the podcast after the game or no? Because mm-hmm. bet your ass we are. Yeah. Okay. Well, two people watching us. But it's worth it. No, everybody will be watching. All the jamsters will be there, man. They're going to be waiting for the Super Bowl and have nothing to do. Uh, I think they'll be too full already to watch us, dude. No, they'll just be preparing. They'll be like me. I'll be cooking during it. I'll be slow cooking some ribs. I'm going to do some collard greens. I got some uh, cheese cream or cream cheese and pepperoni puffs. Oh man, I'm going to have the spread, and it's going to be just me here eating it all alone. Yep, awesome. I hope so. I don't want to go over there. Time. You don't want to come here. You don't want all that good, tasty food. I'll be by myself Sunday. And we'll talk about who uh, some of our uh, picks are for the Super Bowl. Because I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if anybody gives a shit. Uh, so says yeah. Jay. Are, are you, gonna, you guys going to be drunk? When am I not, Justin? I'm always drunk these days. The goddamn COVID keeps you drunk. <laughs> so, and, Yeah, and, we'll be drunk. And Nathaniel Darts, yeah, he'll be here. The Jamsters will show up. The Jamsters always show up. Shout out to all you guys for always showing up to after every game. We appreciate it. I even I didn't even get the plugs in at the beginning. Make sure you follow us at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Make sure you follow the Bright Side of the Sun Podcast Network. We get all your quality Suns content. If you're watching on YouTube right now, smash the the thumbs up button. Give us a like. Subscribe as well. The goal is to get to a thousand subscribers, and we're halfway there. So it's because of people like you, and we truly appreciate it. We you love follow, you. Well, not we really. Follow, you, wow. That was, I mean, that, that I, was I said, that was I said love you, on accident. You are love, negative tonight. Love, love is just a hard word to let out there. You know, now they're just gonna think I like cats, giving cats food. Like they'll be back because they think I love them. But I don't want to break anybody's heart, dude. Like Tiger Woods. Yeah, I'm very I, well. I. I don't know if it was me first or you first, but the negativity in here is just—I don't know. Well, we, start, we started with around. eight and watch, and that's what killed us. Is an average <laughs> game by eight. We yeah. should have came out and talked about how awesome like Moore was and Langston and how De- Devin Booker. I mean, we didn't even talk about Chris Paul or Devin Booker's stat line. You know, they no, both scored over twenty points. Booker we're had a, at this. Yeah, we're at we're we're, we're, we're just we're a bad podcast. Shit. <laughs> well, I guarantee you, I don't know. We've gone off the deep end. Know, There's no coming back. <laughs> There's no coming back. Past everybody, the 40 minute mark. Everybody's leaving. They're just like, you know what? These these <laughs> these jamster guys, they've they've lost their shit. So I ruined it, dude. Matthew, you negative bastard. Go take mm. your Xanax and feel better, okay? I wish. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think on that note, it's time to get out of here. It's time. It's time to go. The Suns win by 17 points, and and we're shitty podcast hosts. Oh my god, that was the worst 10 minutes of our podcasting history, right? God, I, and it's all live. I can't even go back and edit it. I know it's a dream, dude. Oh well, I wish it was. Oh well. <laughs> oh, well. oh well. Well, on that note, I think I'm going to get out of here. Uh, Matthew, do you have anything else to say to the Jamsters before we depart? I better not. I should just keep it silent. Go home and. Oh, everyone go home and love your family. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs>